Welcome to Japan Casting Podcast. I'm Praveen Sharma. Today we are going to talk to, yes, again we are going to listen to, talk to, discuss with Professor Steve McCarty about Japan, the Japanese culture, heritage, stories and what world can learn from Japan and what are the things that are related to Japan and the whole world according to him, how Japanese culture, how Japanese history deserves to be known to everyone. In this podcast today, we are going to have a Q&A questions and answers around with him. We are going to share with him certain queries that we have received from many people, many young students who have been listening to him on this podcast. And we shall also be asking him how young students in schools can benefit, can leverage this particular podcast by knowing Japan, how can they be impressive citizens of the world. When I had shared with him that I work at Wisdom World School Kurukshetra and the school believes in the philosophy of Zenjin education propounded by renowned Japanese educational reformer Kunio Shiobara, he was glad and happy. Now, uh, when we have been talking to each other in these seven episodes and you have been listening to him in these seven episodes about the core, the complexities of Japanese culture, the folklore as well, Thank you, Professor Steve, for accepting this invitation to come for this personal talk. Now, the questions. I know you as a forever young and passionate teacher, researcher and an expert on Japanese culture, with reference to its global connection as well. I wish to know from you, how do you see Japan in the 21st century? What is that thing which makes Japan a possible leader in the world? and how Japan is special to you. Thank you for asking. Japan is a leader as an example of peace, example of making a more peaceful world. So Japan is a peaceful country. The Japanese people are peaceful. So they have learned from historical experience of how bad that war and violence are. And so now they have a peaceful society that can be an example for the world. And uh, Japan can be an intermediary to help uh, relations between other countries such as the U.S. and India or BRICS countries. So, uh, so there are many ways that uh, Japan you know, can uh, be a leader in the world, the quality of their workmanship, like the, the cuteness of their culture. So there are many uh, positive uh, contributions, you know, if people get to know uh, Japan better. And another thing in the history of science, that Japan showed that modernization is not the same as westernization. So Japan is the only uh, core country of the world that is not a western country and an important uh, country in the, in the world, you know, that others will look to or trade or, or learn from. And uh, other countries that, which are, you know, independent in spirit, like uh, India, uh, then can also follow their own uh, path to, you know, modernization without uh, always uh, having it to be westernization which uh, Japan showed. So Japan is a modern culture, but not a westernized uh, culture, although it may look like that on the surface. So Japan still 
keeps its uh, culture and its language uh, very strongly, so we're not threatened by uh, uh, external, you know, influences or or our cultures. It has uh, one of the strongest uh, cultural brands in the world. And uh, how Japan is special to me? Well, I've lived most of my life in Japan as a Japan specialist. I have a Japanese family. And so I have been involved at all levels, from a neighborhood level to a university and uh, government uh, work. And uh, so Japan certainly is uh, is uh, special to me, and uh, I find it uh, makes me a better person. You know that if I were just uh, a person of one culture, as an American from Boston, uh, now I have the sort of two cultures to uh, draw from this called uh, biculturalism and I have uh, you know learned the language uh, you know since uh, graduate school and so that's so important in uh, you know knowing about uh, Japanese culture yes professor indeed the way Japan has inspired the whole world and has actually made us realize that being modern doesn't mean being Western so thank you very much and being in Asia we actually see Japan as a counterpart not just in development but also in learning about life, learning about education, learning about culture as well. Taking ahead your ideas, your thoughts, may I please ask you, what are your thoughts about the utility of this Japan casting podcast for Indians or all other South Asian listeners, also those who are on other continents? How is it useful to them and to listen to you and to this particular show? What exactly is the benefit that you visualize that people can have by being loyal partners in this discussion on Japan Casting Podcast? So you and the listeners you know, know better about how the Japan Casting Podcast you know, could, be, could be useful to uh, listeners in various uh, countries. But I can say that uh, this podcast uh, well, goes more deeply into Japanese uh, culture and uh, later into like a daily life and education and other areas, uh, language and so forth, you know, that you can usually get in, uh, in most places. So this is not about the basics about like customs or, you know, or, or habits or the you know, how to uh, bow and greet, you know, people, the usual things that you read about uh, Japan, you know, which are certainly helpful. You know, but this podcast, you know, can give you such a deep view that you can decide whether Japan is really for you. You know, is it really so fascinating to you as it is to me, you know, or there, there may be some other area or, or culture that is more interesting to you. And so that you can decide after you know, listening to this, this uh, podcast. And I certainly hope that you know, our collaboration you know, is rather unique and uh, can you know, contribute to a dialogue you know, between the cultures. What are those things, according to you, that make Japan and India counterparts in culture, history, and contemporary quests? The aspects which connect these two countries? So, uh, regarding like Japan and India, then uh, certainly in the today that Japan and India like have a lot to gain from each other. So economically and 
and culturally so the relationship should only you know grow from from now on so that Japan has a, has a culture that draws from a lot from India and uh, whether Japanese people know today or not a lot of their own culture or you know deep ways of thinking actually come from from India so, so in uh, the Japanese uh, Buddhism for example then many you know pray to be saved by uh, Amida Bosatsu so Amida Bosatsu is Amitabha Buddha you know from uh, India and uh, so there's a long you know historical you know connections uh, and then uh, nowadays of course there with uh, e easy mobility and more travel then there's a lot more uh, you know interaction that is possible and certainly will will grow in the future uh, yes professor considering that japan has actually been developing in a very nice way sustaining everything which is meaningful what india can learn from japan so there are so many things that india can learn from japan actually you know if uh, indians are are willing uh, for example like the punctuality like uh, doing things on time or doing things you know that as people ex expect like say in japan you know it's very predictable that people know what other people will do if, if uh, people have a job you know they'll do it and on time and if there's some event and everyone will you know be there on time so japanese are punctual and uh, as according to their reputation you know the quality of their workmanship they do very uh, you know good quality work so they're very careful and uh, perfectionistic and so i think there is so many uh, ways you know in everyday life and uh, and uh, ways of doing things or ways of thinking you know that can help other other countries you know not only japan but uh what can help other countries so i meant uh, not only india but uh, other countries you can certainly uh, you know benefit from you know learning from japan but i would like to focus on one uh, very important thing about how japanese people stay healthy uh, which everyone in the world you know wants to stay healthy and to live long and uh, japan has the longest average healthy lifespan of uh, 73 plus you know healthy years and this is uh, something i just added to my regular presentation for the japanese government on japanese people and society and so the some of the reasons that japan japanese people can live uh, so long with a healthy uh, years is uh, japanese food so they eat a you know a huge variety of food so everything from you know bottom of the sea to the top of the mountains and then uh, uh, the traditional japanese diet is very uh, nutritious and so very well balanced and uh, you know nutritious uh, food so if people you know stick with the traditional japanese food then uh, they will be very healthy and uh, also importantly the Japanese government has very strict standards you know so they even will maybe throw away a lot of food that is still good but that's to avoid you know any danger of uh, food poisoning and uh, so forth that uh, people getting uh, sick from eating is very rare 
in Japan because they are so careful about uh, keeping the food uh, you know clean and even with the Japan's you know high humidity you know a lot of fresh food can spoil easily and so they're very strict about uh, standards you know to avoid you know any uh, you know bacteria and other you know problems in in food and so you know in India can really learn so much from that you know and one thing that's very you know uh, important for you know India's future to focus on is this and also sanitation is also related to uh, water and so this is something that other countries can't control but Japan is uh, lucky to have like abundant uh, water the uh, many mountains with you know rivers coming down and so uh, Japan has an abundant uh, water supply but then they're also very careful to you know to clean the water and uh, generally the, they're very uh, uh, you know conscious about uh, the sanitation which is another you know the big you know thing that uh, is a big need for you know India to uh, work on and then uh, the cleanliness of the Japanese people is uh, among the greatest in the, in the world. Uh, so Japanese people are so are so clean. And again, because they have uh, abundant water, they can you know take a daily bath, and uh, but they enjoy that as a you know as a custom, a daily bathing or going to uh, you know hot springs and and so forth. And so Japanese are just such. You know, clean people that they're, you know, very, you know, pleasant to uh, to be around in that in that way. Yes, professor, this is absolutely true. Like in India, also we have got to know all these things as the prime things that the world, even we, can learn from Japan, and we always try to do so as well. However, that sounds tough, but yes, yes, there are there are good things to learn. So another factor in uh, staying healthy is uh, public transportation. So in uh, you know taking the, the train or buses to work, and then people get uh, regular exercise, and then the, the air is cleaner because uh, people will leave their cars at, at home. So most of us will have cars, uh, but we don't use them to uh, commute to work. Uh, most people, at least in the in the cities. And so it helps the environment, and actually the companies will pay for people's transportation to work, and if they use public transportation, which is a you know a great custom, and all and uh, so public transportation is uh, economical, and also uh, saves uh, energy, you know, by you know people all riding uh, you know together instead of uh, uh, driving. No doubt. If we all go for public transport, which is which is of course going to add to health as well, and of course to the fuel consumption, and will ultimately help out us in terms of controlling the the pollution, and will also add to our health. Of course, it will increase the the age. Another big factor is a socialized uh, medicine. So everyone uh, only pays like a small percentage of uh, any medical bills. And so nobody uh, will, you know, go bankrupt or lose all their money if they get uh, very sick. And uh, and in in the socialized medicine actually includes a dental care. So even people can, you know, go to the dentist, you know, anytime they have, you know, problems with their their teeth, uh, which 
is very important for like a living a long long life that's wonderful professor i i could never like think of all these things coming up in one package you're talking about food you're talking about water sanitation you're talking about cleanliness as a normal behavior i would say pattern with everyone socialized medicine sounds quite interesting to me and it sounds quite ideal as well it seems and really good another big factor is this, is this public safety so there's a very low crime in Japan and uh, very little violence and then also there is a solid uh, infrastructure so it means that everything the you know streets the buildings the transportation systems are very well made and so so there are very few accidents you know where people will lose their their lives that way and so and so generally it's a you know relatively uh, safe country you know one of the safest in the in the world and i'm amazed you know, when i i take walks like in the kyoto mountains and on really lonely trails i might pass by like a one or two like a young women or something and uh, they just do you know, maybe you know going to greet me in japanese or something when they walk by and so uh, they they feel safe enough that they can even even you know walk out in uh, in the nature safely you know or walk at night in the big cities uh, which is you know a wonderful you know situation to have so not 100% safety but mostly when people like uh, lose their their wallet or something they will usually get it back and not not always but usually they do and uh, so even recently our our uh, older son went uh, diving in the mountains and uh, the the ocean in the southern japan and when he got back to Tokyo he had no wallet but he got it back you know from you know a thousand kilometers or more away and then another big thing is like economic stability of Japan so uh, it's a very stable economy like the value of the the yen has been very stable there's been almost a no inflation for about 40 years and so the prices of things have been almost the same for 40 years so right now there's a there is a starting to be a little inflation like a long time ago during the you know early uh, oil shock of the early 1970s so so now we're getting a a, a little uh, inflation but but generally that uh, Japan is a very uh, stable a large and stable uh, economy and uh, more importantly perhaps a mostly middle class society so i always say like in my lectures you know for the government to uh, groups from developing countries that you should aim to be a middle class society you know with very few rich and very few uh, poor and so that's a you know society where people you know don't envy each other or uh, have a great imbalance you know in the wealth and uh, so that uh, Japan is almost everyone in the in the middle class you know more than any other country i think and so that's uh, another key to uh, uh the to being healthy that so people don't have to be like a jealous or you know trying to keep up with their the neighbors uh, so much and then there are you know traditional values that uh, actually that help people you know to survive you know the, the communal values are being able to trust strangers 
you know, so that you have a low, you know, anxiety, you know, in your in your life. And then uh, the relationships, you know, which are all important to Japanese people, that the human relationships are, you know, the most important thing always. And especially like older people feel that contributing to their family or group, you know, gives them a reason for living. Yes, there seems to be a lot that we can actually learn from Japan. What are the things that you feel Japanese people appreciate about Indians? So Japanese people don't really know the other cultures very well. And they may have only like a, a couple of images of a country like a India, that uh, they feel that Indians are, are good software engineers, uh, or that, uh, that they like uh, the Indian food. So that uh, Professor Wai Ming Chan of the National University of Singapore is a frequent visitor to Japan for educational exchanges. And he wrote to me that you know, the problem is that Japanese are not always willing to open up to other cultures, either accepting them into their inner communities or really delving deeply into other cultures. Intercultural communication should be promoted more in Japan and we as language educators can do much here to help this uh, problem, according to Professor Chan in uh, Singapore. And so that points to the, you know, just uh, Japanese people maybe not be against other cultures, but just don't uh, know them very well or don't uh, know what to expect. So sometimes they are, you know, wary of, of foreigners because they really just don't know the what to expect from the people because their language and the culture are, are different. And so that's, uh, so that's uh, you know, a situation where just more exchanges in the future, you know, will help the, the situation. Yeah, but I think that, you know, that in Indians, you know, maybe more than a lot of cultures, you know, can speak for themselves and, and they have the advantage of, uh, of at least speaking some English, uh, which is one of the languages that, well, most important, you know, next to the Japanese language uh, in Japan. You know, so that uh, we can all, you know, uh, work on this problem, you know, by communicating directly with Japanese people. Professor Steve, you have been quite honest, I would say, and correct about it. Like we in India believe that Japan had been a closed community, which has opened to the world now. As we also know that many of our students have started going there and studying. And we also have cultural exchanges with them. What I wish to know from you, like adding to the previous question, uh, how Indians can benefit from knowing about Japan? Particularly, I would say, why should they also think of studying in Japan for their higher education? Well, I already mentioned some ways that Indians can you know, benefit from knowing about Japan, like a leading a more healthy and, and longer life. Yeah, but, uh, and as you have said, the, you know, that learning about the culture of Japan, you know, will put you in a stronger, you know, position in any kind of a career or jobs, you know, in Japan or related to, to Japan. And if you understand the culture, then uh, you will be uh, more welcomed or uh, you, you will be able to, you know, work better within the, you know, culture 
you know, by under, understanding it. So you can't, uh, you know, expect a, you know, warm, you know, welcome uh, to, uh, you know, to last long. But it, you'll, you know, have to be patient, perhaps, about, uh, you know, the cultural, cultural differences. Uh, but you know, studying in Japan, you know, it would give a, you know a person the time to uh, to uh, learn about uh, the culture and the you know daily life and uh, customs, and also to form you know relationships with uh, Japanese people that uh, could uh, you know give you connections for your your future life. So actually, that. Uh, that uh, st studying in uh, Japan is uh, one of the ways to, uh, you know, to get employment in in Japan. So the, the the university and graduate school students, you know, who has to study in Japan, you know, especially if they can learn the language also, then are very much, you know, wanted by uh, Japanese uh, companies. So another point is that uh, that every country, you know, needs a you know a, a, a group of of uh, specialists in various countries. So not only like a specialist in like the U.S. or Western countries or or the the U.K., but also specialists in uh, in Japan and other parts of, of the world. You know, so I would recommend you know not only Japan but uh, choosing any. You know any country or culture that that you like, and uh, focus on it, and learn their language, learn their culture, and then go to their country, and then you can probably be uh, successful there. So in the case of Japan, you know it's a you know a wealthy country, you know, but uh, it needs uh, uh, it actually needs more you know workers, and so uh, it's it's uh, kind of a you know a paradise for for jobs uh, because uh, there's a shortage of uh, young people and uh, a shortage of, of workers. So I would add that Japan faces a declining population, you know, a growing labor shortage and a declining economic growth, you know, if it continues, you know, to, you know, have a lower population. But there's still some public opposition to uh, Im immigration. You know, so led by you know maybe very conservative uh, uh, people uh, or a few people who want to keep uh, you know the culture pure. Uh, so the government looks for an inconspicuous ways to increase foreign workers. So that means you know letting foreigners in quietly, you know such as through trainees at Japanese companies or or foreign students. You know, but certainly the by studying at uh, you know Japanese schools or universities can give you you know a way into the you know to becoming successful you know in Japan or working in relation to in Japan. Also, tourism is a key to helping Japan's economy and the need for an immigration. So among people visiting or staying in Japan, you know some will like it and want to stay. So this includes uh, foreign students at Japanese universities, you know, who are becoming a source of human resources for Japanese companies, you know, working in Japan as well as representing a company in their home countries. So in the case I, uh, so I knew uh, also a Vietnamese uh, friend, you know, who studied uh, 
with my uh, older son at a university near Kyoto. And uh, he, he joined one of Japan's top companies and he uh, might have you know, worked in Vietnam to represent the country, but instead you know, they have him working in their headquarters on research and development you know, because he's uh, good at that. You know, so, uh, so gaining a connection with Japan, you can, you can like a work uh, with Japan in your own country through trade or other ways, you know, or else to, uh, to work uh, in Japan, you know, where the you know, salaries are, are generally uh, quite high. And then uh, there are a few programs in Japan that are taught in English, but generally they're mostly, uh, you know, in in, in Japanese, uh, but still, you know, that having uh, the high level of, of English is a, a big uh, advantage for the Japanese themselves, you know, as well as as uh, as foreigners learning Japanese. So trying to get to Japan, you know, coming to Japan to to visit, or uh, you know, I better with a sponsor, you know, can be a key to making you know the important. You know, personal connections to have a future in Japan. Thank you very much, Professor. Taking you to another question, which is again a personalized one and is going to benefit uh, the students who are around me at our school and in India as well. When we see Japanese as a language, to see the script actually, I have heard there are three scripts or three sets of alphabet family that as we as we call it how can we make japanese a preferred choice in terms of a foreign language in india in what way we can we can we can teach japanese to indian students well as i mentioned uh, you know a country a big country like uh, india you know needs specialists in all different countries and therefore you know specialists in all different languages you know including the japanese you know so you know, there is a demand and growing in the future, you know, as relations between Japan and India and other uh, countries uh, increase. And uh, so, uh, you know, because the language is so important for Japan, then, you know, it, uh, so uh, Japanese young pe people or Indian young people will have to be motivated to, you know, to, uh, to learn the language, you know, uh, to, you know, become more, you know, successful uh, in Japan. So I think that, well, as far as like how to teach the language, then uh, if you, you know, can afford to, to bring in, you know, native Japanese uh, speaking teachers, then who are also able to, you know, to speak uh, pretty good English and that it, it may be a difficult combination to to get uh, yeah, but uh, you should aim for you know getting at least like a one Japanese uh, native speaking you know teacher for your school then it becomes like an example you know or someone that can teach you about the culture as, as well as the, the language. A question to conclude this episode so that we can soon meet for another round of an amazing interaction, Professor Steve. How should we educate, train and mentor teachers so that we can have an ideal education system as Japan is celebrated for? You know, as for how to educate, you know, train and mentor teachers, so it is well a huge job and, uh, and uh, 
can't do all in uh, one day, but we each contribute to what we can. So the World Association for Online Education that you and Ramesh and you know others uh, around the world are participating in, you know, has been working on that uh, issue for you know more than 20 years. Uh, educating educators, you know, about uh, uh, online education and various forms of, uh, of e-learning, which recently became very relevant as, uh, as uh, most people in the world, you know, had to, you know, teach from, from home. You should certainly uh, improve your educational system in as much as, as you can. I think you can't exactly copy the Japanese educational system because it's so closely, you know, connected to their their communal culture, and also J Japan's education is not really uh, ideal, but it's just uh, you know their 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 style. I think it's very uh, you know it's a group uh, oriented. So I think that. Uh, when uh, Japanese enter, like say preschool around the age of three, then they all wear you know similar uniforms and they get into kind of a group, uh, kind of a living, and that's when they really become Japanese. And then in elementary school, Japan has a really good uh, kind of a cooperative education. So it's not like you say like just the grades and scores. Uh, but a very cooperative, you know, system of elementary school education around the first, you know, six years of of elementary school, you know, which are, you know, not competitive, and everyone is called your friends, and uh, everyone has a pretty uh, good time. They do a lot of art, and everyone in Japan seems to be good at drawing, you know, because of these things, and they do music and other other you know cultured things but then uh, when they, they enter and you know junior and senior high school then that then it gets to be like a you know, more of that to kind of uh, oriented toward examinations and then toward uh, like a university entrance uh, exams but with the lowering population of young people though I think that the competition is much less in Japan than it used to be so so Japanese young people have it pretty easy and uh, but this is maybe not true in uh, you know India and other countries where where you know young people have to work harder so I think the future you know episodes of this uh, Japan casting podcast will have you know some podcasts uh, specifically about uh, education in Japan and so you get a chance to see you know whether you know um, you like it or you can gain from you know Japanese education knowledge and observations cannot be limited to time professor and the way you've explained the way you have taken time actually your time is worth appreciating we are really thankful on behalf of every listener today and tomorrow and day after whosoever is going to get benefited from listening to Japan Casting Podcast. Thank you very much, Professor. Now, any concluding remarks for the purpose, for the intent with which we had started this podcast? Anything to our listeners? And so, well, uh, thank you for your questions. And I think that we'll have more kind of question and answer, you know, podcasts uh, in the future. 
but uh, so I enjoy you know sharing uh, th things about uh, Japan so well goodbye for now there can be no end to learning and when we started talking to professor Steve McCarty we never knew that we are going to cross the limits of 30 minutes half an hour we never planned anything however we did have a plan a purpose an inspiration motivation determination and we knew that when he shall start speaking he is going to give us something worth worth preserving and worth following as well we are thankful to professor steve mccarty for giving us a chance to host his wonderful japan casting podcasts from india this is Praveen Sharma signing out with the promise that we are going to come again with a wonderful podcast again filled with learning and learning with Professor Steve McCarty. Thank you very much.